This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to continue. Last week I started a message called Live Long and Prosper. And there was a special sign. How many can do this special sign for this sermon? Man, we got some, man, look at these folks. Some of you have to do this, but. <laughs> it's okay to have fun in church, okay? <laughs> Live long and, and prosper. And I, I'm just going to uh, get right into it. Jeremiah, verse 31, verse 14 says, My people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. Psalms 107, verse 9. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Psalms 36, verse 7. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied. Abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. Say abundantly satisfied. In Psalms 91 verse 14 it says, and this is God speaking, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him, I will set him on high, because he has known my name, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And we found that the long life doesn't mean that you live a life that is unsatisfying. The two go together. It's a long life with satisfaction. You can live a long life and not be satisfied. You can live a long life and be a life of suffering, of sickness, of, of depression, oppression. It can be a, a long life that you're broke, that you're broken and defeated. You can live a long, unsatisfying, defeated life. That's not what God's talking about when he talks about long life. He's talking about a life that is abundant. He's talking about a life that exceeds your expectation, that causes you to have settled on the inside of you a contentment of a life worth living. That's what God wants for us. It's long life that you're satisfied with. We're to live the satisfied life. We're to live a life that brings peace and joy to us. He's the author of life. And really, there's no satisfaction without being connected with life, being connected with Him. God wants us to live a long life. And we saw that last week that many people in the body of Christ believe you have 70 years or because of strength you have 80 years. But we found out that's not pertaining to, uh, to us. That's people that were cursed. I was talking about the children of Israel when they're in the wilderness and they're moaning and complaining and griping about God. It was a curse. 
And the average age that person dies in, in the United States is 78 years old. It's under the curse. And then we see before the flood of Noah that uh, another curse was pronounced and man would live 120 years. And that's actually a, a curse there. But something did happen. There was a limiter because people lived to no more 900 years and things like that. But 120 years. So if you want to be satisfied with 120 years, you can go for it. And the truth is, you can go beyond that because that was actually a part of a curse. God wasn't happy with them then. Smile to your neighbor. Now, I'm not talking about being 120, somebody feeding you, changing your diaper, walking you around. You're mumbling stuff. You don't have any memory. Short-term, long-term, nothing in between. It's all gone. That's not what God's talking about. It says the memory of the just or the righteous is blessed. You need to start speaking to your brain and to your memory that it is blessed. And your short term, your long term, and everything in between is blessed. That's what God says, His Word. The world says you hit a certain age and your memory's gone. You have a birthday and they bring out black balloons. They start talking about you're going downhill. It's all over. <laughs> That's not what God has in mind. If somebody brings you balloons like that, pop them. <laughs> Say, that's not for me. I'm blessed. <laughs> Just pop them and say, look, let me share with you. Long life is what God says till you're satisfied. So man has 120 years if you want to go the minimum. And I suggest you don't share this with your co-worker. <laughs> Most Christians you can't even share this with, they will stone you. Try to. Anyway. A long life is what he desires to give us. The Father, uh, it says he loads us down with benefits. That's not just while you're young, it's all your life. The youngest old age I found in scriptures was 90 years old. According to God, when you hit old age, you're 90. God wants us to be blessed. In the Hebrew, the word for salvation, it says show us his salvation. It means deliverance from every kind of evil, both temporal and eternal. It means victory, prosperity, protection, and security. Well, what does that sound like? It sounds like our Greek word, sozo, in the New Covenant, which means healing, uh, save, or salvation. All of uh, salvation is included in sozo, or save. Deliverance, protection, prosperity, to be made whole. I mean, complete. God's redemption plan is complete. And it says, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, if you're going to live a long life, you need to see his salvation. 
You need to experience his salvation. You need some protection. You need some healing. You need some deliverance. You need to experience the benefits and the blessing of the Lord in order to live this long life that you're satisfied with. You need God's intervention. You need God in your life. He wants to show us his salvation, but also he wants his salvation to be shown through us. He wants others to see that we belong to him. He wants us to be a walking billboard of the grace of God. He wants us to show forth how good he is and how wonderful he is with our lives. Let me read to you. Uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, from the Amplified. But you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display. Say display. You're a display. (laughs) Display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are to display, to, to showcase his greatness, his goodness, his mercy, his kindness, his patience. We're to display God. And that is to reach out and touch others. People will see and, and take notice, especially in the day that we live in today. We need the light The light will shine brighter where there's darkness. How many will agree there's some darkness in the earth today? Well, you're the light. You represent him. Some people you're around, you might be the only light they have. So let your light shine. And don't say this little light of mine. Go ahead and say this big light of mine. Let it shine. I'm not going to sing. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. We all have different assignments. We all have a, a different place. We, your, your assignment might be to be a landscaper. It, it, it could be that you own your own business. It could be that you, you sell cars or you're a salesman. It could be that you're a teacher. It could be that your assignment's to be a housewife. Could be that your uh, assignment's to be a, a writer. Whatever that as assignment is, you are to showcase and display the goodness of God in that assignment. We all have different assignments, but we all have the same purpose. And that purpose is to show forth the goodness of God and His salvation. That's the reason we're all called to ministry. We're all called to ministry reconciliation because we're all billboards. We're all his kids. And we're to display Father's goodness. We're to display his greatness and how kind he is. If we don't display it, who will? God's counting on us to let our light shine. His light. Through us. In 1 Timothy 6, it talks about not to trust in uncertain riches, 
but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. God wants you to enjoy things. You know what? We need some Christians to show some unbelievers that we enjoy life, that we have joy, that we have peace. That will speak volumes right there. Because people are going through things. But see, we have a joy that the world didn't give to us and the world can't take it away. We have a peace that surpasses natural human peace. We have a supernatural peace that comes only from our God. We got to let our light shine. How do we live this long, satisfying life? I want to go to the the first part of Psalms 91 because I really believe this is a key. This is a key to living this long life. The whole Psalms 91 is is an awesome psalm. Uh, I told you we had our our two boys memorize it. We paid them off. We paid them to memorize Psalms 91. Money talks. (laughs) And I mean, they got after it and they memorized it. And there's so many testimonies uh, of people that have taken Psalms 91 into their heart and to their life of godly protection, of God's blessing uh, upon their life. But I believe the whole key to this whole thing is the beginning. Really, the key to hearing God's voice is verse 1. The very beginning of this. He says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, what is the secret place? It's always the question, what is the secret place? I can't tell you, it's a secret. No, no. The the secret place is your private relationship with God. It's It's your intimacy, it's your relationship with the Lord. That's the secret place. In other words, you can look up secret there. It means hiding place. He's our hiding place. He's the one that we can run to. He's the one that we can always turn to 24-7. We can run to him and be with him. The secret place. But the secret place is talking about a continual, ongoing relationship with Father. A relationship with the Lord where I'm talking with him throughout the day and we're, we're having conversation. I'm listening to him. I'm, I'm doing what he says to do. He's being my father. And I'm being his child. I'm being his son. And I'm listening to him. Dwelling place here talks about residency. This is not talking about a place that you just come and visit every once in a while. This is not a place where you're just passing through. This is not a place where it's vacation time. This is your vacation spot. It's not talking about that. It's talking about dwelling. You take up permanent residence. I mean, you have found the secret place and you packed up your bags and you have moved to the secret place. And that's now your dwelling place. That's the place where you live. It's home. To the believer, God is our home. This is home. 
And that's the way we're to live our lives. In the secret place with Him. So I'm not talking about uh, a believer who just dabbles in this. The only time they pray is when there's a big emergency. Or they, they don't open their Bible. Maybe they open it once every month. or They're just dabbling. They're not dwelling there. They're just coming for a visit, then they're leaving. They're back into the world. But God wants us to dwell there. Here's the awesome thing. You're not even... It's beyond being invited for admittance. You're admitted there. You're given residency there. It's powerful. I have residency with God. And it's a secret place. Everywhere I go, I'm there. I dwell there. I live there. It's home. It's the best place. That place causes you to be your behavior to change. Causes you to be like Him. Causes you not to blend in with the world. Causes you to stand out and be different and let your light shine. I'm speaking of those who love God or following Him. They experience this long, satisfying life. The ones that love him. You remember we read in, in, in verse 14, we just, those that, because they have set their love upon me, and then he goes in the way he says and, and ends it with long life, satisfy life, and show my salvation to them. This is a key. You've got to dwell there. You've got to make a decision living there. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, living in the secret place has benefits. You might rent an apartment that has some benefits. Maybe they give you a, a free month that you don't have to pay, or maybe they give you some utilities, maybe pay for your water, maybe cable, or maybe they have a security system. You know, there's some benefits. But none of that compares to the benefits that God provides by dwelling in the secret place under the shadow of the Almighty. I mean, we're talking about uh, a place of supreme Security. Living under the shadow of the Almighty. What does that mean? Well, when David wrote this, it was very important that at that time, shadows are, and you look up the term, it says shade. It means shadow or shade. It was very important that day because when you got on your camel, your camel's going along, the heat's hitting you, you could not stop and just roll up the windows and turn on the AC. You're aware of that. I mean, the, the sand is, is scorching, it's, it's so hot. If you don't find shade, it could mean life or death. And that's what this is talking about, that this is a, uh, a life or death situation here. And they 
if you look at the history of the umbrella, it's really from a Latin word, and it means shade. It means covering, a shade. And they, they found uh, 4,000 years ago evidence of this in ancient art and artifacts. Uh, the Egyptians, the Syrians, uh, they found Greece and, and even China, they found umbrellas. It wasn't to protect you from the rain. It was for the shade. It was protect you from the sun. And, and so they had these umbrellas. It, w- it wasn't until uh, the 16th century that the, the Chinese invented uh, something they could put on the umbrella and make it waterproof. And it became, uh, in, in Europe, it started coming along that uh, they used it for rain. So now we use it all the time for rain. You'll see somebody every once in a while use it for shade, but mostly it's, you know, for rain. I don't see too many people getting out of their cars going into work with an umbrella on a sunny day. <laughs> but we do experience it some. If you go to the beach or something, we like some shade, but we don't bake. Living under the shadow of the Almighty. What he's talking about here, God's shadow provides supernatural protection. Supernatural protection force. This this shadow. No matter how hot things get, we don't have to sweat because we dwell in the secret place under the shadow of the Almighty. That's what happened at 911. Uh, I was telling you how God warned people about the terrorist attack. And they were told to go to work late or to go get coffee. There was one that he was walking into the building and the voice, he heard a voice saying, Turn and run. He turned and ran as the airplane hit Twin Tower. Now, was God speaking to just a few? No, he was speaking to all his kids. It's just some weren't tuned in. Some weren't dwelling there. They weren't hearing. Now, the good news is, if you didn't hear that day, if you had filled up on pizza that night and you were just sluggish and went on into work and you, you got blown up, burned up, whatever... The good news is, even when we lose and miss it, we still win. Father made sure of that. You still get straight to heaven. <laughs> Amen? But God wants you here on this earth to make a difference. There's some wisdom that you can have when you're 100 years old. You should know some things. You should have some things figured out by then. You should be out of debt by then. <laughs> Glory to God. And you should be able to be a blessing to someone and give some wisdom, some experience. What about being a prayer warrior? What about praying and interceding and lifting up those around you? There's so much that you can do. God wants you to live a satisfied life. If we show that we're satisfied, we start living a satisfied life, we're going to touch some others. They're going to see There's something different about them. They seem satisfied. What's wrong with them? (laughs) 
wants to deal with them. It's good to have a place of protection, a place of peace, a place that you can go to at any time. It's good to have someone that you can talk to about anything, anytime, and they're always listening, and they're always in love with you. And they can do something about it. You know, it's one thing about talking to somebody, and they can't do a thing about it. He can do something about it. He has the power to change the situation. It's an awesome thing that we can go to secret place all day long, just living there, abiding there. It's a secure place. Even in the midst of a storm, there's a secret place of peace. It's a secret place of safety and security. Have you ever been in a big storm and maybe you were in a, a, a cabin and you had the fire going and a big storm was coming up and you just feel so safe and secure in your cabin as the storm just goes on by? Now, if it's a tornado, you might have to rebuke it for a moment. <laughs> but it goes by safe and secure. And it's kind of like my dad. And when I was a kid, my dad, I felt so safe around him. I would do stuff that, I, I mean, I wouldn't normally do. I just knew that my dad was there. He got me one time. I was playing football. There's a, we played in the street, touch football, sometimes tackle. Couldn't really get bad. But anyway, there was a bully on the street. And... Um, the bully picked on me, and uh, I saw my dad out on the porch, and the uh, bully became small to me then. Now, he got me back, my dad, because uh, I pushed the bully back. I'm looking at my dad, and my dad just goes into the house. Uh, um, I don't know what happened to me. Something just, my arm, you know, I just pushed. I didn't. <laughs> I asked my dad later, I said, what was that? He said, I expected you to do something. Now, my dad, you know, he's military background. He said, I, I expected you to put a fist in his mouth. I was too young for that at that time. I was, you know, looking to hide. <laughs> I remember we went, forget this, we went to look at some property and it was when they were starting, um, uh, they'd give you a gift if you would come and look at their presentation, you know, they still do it today, and timeshares and stuff, but, um, so we, we drove to this place and I, I just, you know, I didn't know what was going on, the presentation or anything, and uh, it's going on, all of a sudden I know we're leaving. And I said, what? what? What's going on? And my dad's over there, and he's waiting on the guy, and he comes out with a mug or whatever, the free gift, you know. And I said, Dad, what, you know, what in the world happened? What? And uh, he said, well, I asked the guy what the price was for the property we looked at, and he told me the price. I said, yeah, well, what would you say? I, I told him. I wanted the price for the property, not the whole state of Mississippi. (laughs) 
and uh, me not knowing much of them. Oh, that's right, Dad. Yeah. I'm thinking he gave him the price for the whole state of Mississippi. I guess. I don't know. But, but we left. We got out there, but he didn't leave till he got his, got his mug. And uh, <laughs> we left. We were, we were camping young, and we were uh, in the river. We were at Hardy, Arkansas. And, you know, the water's real cold. We were playing there in the, in the water. We were camped right out on the river, Spring River there. And uh, uh, us kids were just playing there about probably knee-deep something. We were just playing around, splashing each other and stuff. And somebody yelled, snake. And sure enough, on the other side, we saw a couple snakes, you know, coming towards us. My dad... Um, was sit, sitting in a chair. He jumps up, and this other guy, and my dad pushed uh, a couple of us kids back behind him, and he's out there, and he had picked, reached down the water, picked up some rocks and throwing at it, and, well, hey, I'm no longer afraid of snakes or anything. I'm going to bring the snake on. I'm on the bank. I pick up the biggest rock I could handle good, I threw it as hard as I could throw it. Now, my aim wasn't that good, man. I threw it square in my dad's back. It must really hurt because he really jumped. <laughs> I think he probably thought that snake somehow got around him, bit him in the back. But anyway, my mom... I noticed that she's laughing. She's trying to stop from laughing. There's this laughing chatter going on and uh, trying to suppress it. And I turned and looked at her, and she says, I'm there, and I'm telling my dad I'm sorry, but when I saw Mom laughing, I felt like maybe I wouldn't be in too bad trouble. <laughs> but you feel, that's what Father wants for us is to feel safe around him. And have a listening ear where we can listen. If he says, turn this way or turn that way. The other night, we don't usually leave our porch lights on all night. And uh, nothing against that. You do. But uh, I usually uh, turn them off. And uh, I felt like I should keep them on. I don't know why. I just turn them on. And Ellen goes, you left the... The lights on last night, porch lights. Uh, were you afraid? I said, no. She goes, well, thank the Lord. I don't think if you're afraid, we're in problem. <laughs> we got some problems there. I said, no, no. And uh, just, I don't know why. The Lord said, leave them on. I just left them on. It, it's listening to his voice. He might tell you to turn and you miss an accident. Don't know. Thing is, Dwelling in the secret place is where we belong. That's where we have that relationship with Father. We can, we can hear from Him. Living in the secret place requires us to change our thinking and old mindsets. Replace them with God's thoughts and ways. Uh, let me tell you, it takes work. It takes investing in your relationship with the Lord. It takes... Uh, some uh, discipline, commitment to getting in God's Word and spending time with Him. But the benefits, 
Being with him is the most wonderful place, the most wonderful time. That's what God wants for our lives. He has already promised us great provision and benefits, but he's inviting us into the secret place with him. In Psalms 91 verse 2, it says, I will say of the Lord, let me read from verse 1. I'm going to tie them both together. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. People that live and dwell in the secret place say some things. And He's telling us to say this He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God in whom I trust. See, your faith is activated through your mouth. And we need to release it. We need to speak it out. And you don't have to go to your Walmart and, you know, step in the door and they greet you and you go, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge, my fortress, and my God. In Him will I trust. You don't have to do that. Do it in the car on the way there. Don't go to your Target store and say, maybe you need to in Target. <laughs> Never mind. Some of you will catch that in a minute. <laughs> maybe we all need to leave here and go to Target. No. <laughs> Well, make the news. <laughs> okay. There's power in words. And I, I, I don't know how many times I've said that over and over, but you can get to where it just does something to you when you, you say that. That he's my refuge, my fortress, my God, him I trust. It will, it's power to you. It will change you. It will cause you to be powerful in Him. Let me give you a definition. Refuge means a strong, high tower, a shelter that's inaccessible to the enemy, a shelter from danger and distress. Ever been stressed? There's a shelter for you. There's a high tower, a secret place you can go to. A place of escape. If you ever want to escape the rat race, <laughs> the world, you can escape and be with him. Retreat, oasis, and stronghold. Fortress means a place of defense, a place so strong the enemy can't approach it, a place of safety, a place of security. Another term could be castle and stronghold. So they're very close together. And what they are. You know, God's protection system tells you, warns you before the terrorist attack because this security system knows what's going to happen, knows the future. It says that his name is a strong high tower. You can run to him. We have a refuge, we have a fortress. We have a God that has invited us, has called us and calling us into the secret place to be with him. 
in Psalm 61, verse 3, and I ministered this, uh, you might recall, on emotional freedom, that, that series, but it says, For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. Or you could say a refuge. That's what this is saying, a refuge for me. A strong tower from the enemy. And there's a couple, there's several definitions, but there's a, a couple that are interesting. Tower can mean elevated stage or raised bed. Remember that? You can run to God into the secret place on an elevated stage or a raised bed. Now, what does bed mean? It's a place of rest. It's a place of peace. God is a strong high tower and you can run to him and you can lay down and have peace. You can lay down and have rest because he is your fortress. He is your defender. He is your defense. He is your and notice it says raised up. That means you're looking down on everything. He raises you up above the enemy. The enemy can't touch you. He's not invited. He's not allowed into the secret place. He can't go there. But you abide there. You live there. And you can lay down there and sleep and look down on the enemy. And you can do what God does. He laughs. You can laugh at it. You can yawn and go back to sleep. Wake up and laugh. At the enemy. Because he lifts you up. He's the lifter of your head. He is your deliverer. He is your God. He is your father. And he's in love with you. And he's always faithful. He's always trustworthy. You can always go to him. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I messed up. A great time to run the father. He's not going to say, you're not allowed in the secret place because you messed up. He said, no, come on in. I want you to know in the secret place, there's some blood. And this blood speaks and says, you are the redeemed of the Lord, that you've been forgiven. And you repent and you get right with God. It's a place of rest. It's an oasis. It's a refuge. He's a fortress. He's our God. He's the one we trust. And he will protect you. Even in the days of terrorists. Even in the days of crisis. Even in da dangerous times, he will protect you. I was so glad that Psalms 91 became a part of our life because when your kids live home, leave home, oh, Psalms 91, thank you, Jesus. You can put protection over your kids. Those, the shadow, his wings, the shadow will cover your kids. Aren't you glad? They can't get away. <laughs> Blesses me, but anyway. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much. So much for your word. Thank you for the secret place. And God, our heart is to dwell there. To live there. Take up residency there. And some of you, the Lord is calling once again to that secret place. It's become a place that you just go every once in a while. 
And the Lord wants you to live there. And he's saying, come. Come and dwell. Come and abide. The Lord is longing to have fellowship with you. He's longing to be with you. He wants to protect you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to supply you. He wants to be your provision. He loves you so much. He's in love with you. But there's certain benefits that you'll not tap into unless you dwell in the secret place. Unless you have this relationship with Him. I'm not saying perfect, but loving Him. He's a good, good Father. He's a wonderful Savior. And this morning, if you never accepted Him, you never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ to be the Savior, the Lord of your life, today you need to make that decision. Maybe you prayed this before and asked Him into your heart, but you've, you haven't been dwelling with Him. You haven't been living with Him. It's time to come home. It's time to come back. His arms are open and He says, Come back and dwell with me and live with me. For I have much to show you. I have much to tell you. I have much to bless you with. The enemy is lying. And he's deceiving. And he's saying, the way of the world is better than my way. But he's the father of lies. He's the author of death. But you can come home to the Father of truth and the Father of life. That's you this morning. No one looking around. Just lift your hand and say, I'm coming today. I'm coming home. I'm going to accept you as my Lord and Savior. Or today you'd say, I haven't been living in the secret place. And I'm coming today to the secret place. Not to visit. Not to pass through. But I'm coming to live. I'm packing my bags right now. And I'm coming to live and dwell in the secret place. That's you. No one looking around. Just lift your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. For God's a good God. Anyone else? say this together. Say, dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. He's now the boss of my life. The master of my life. I'm going to follow Jesus all the days of my life and serve you, Lord, and honor you. Thank you for loving me and accepting me into your family. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this life. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.